I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Well, hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for the Front Row Network and NPR Illinois. Uh, we are going to be diving into something very special and fun tonight. Uh, hope you will join along with us as we talk all about Enchanted and uh, the recent interview that we had with Kevin Lima, the director of Enchanted, and just a whole lot more. My name is Craig. I'll be hosting today. One of my co-hosts here with me is Vanessa. Hi, Craig. The other co-host is also with me, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello, Craig. And hello, Vanessa. Hi, Brett. <laughs> hi. Hi, Vanessa. And hi, Brett. Hi. Yeah, so <laughs> that was not awkward at all. <laughs> now that we all we're, know each we other. Know, what, what? What? Yeah, it's been we a while since we've that, seen each um, other, so. Brett is thoroughly caffeinated. We've went over this before we started recording. And uh, Vanessa um, has a tumbler of wine. So uh, she is ready to go as well. And, and a barking so, so dog, bit, maybe. So. A wee bit tipsy tonight. Yes, I've been, I've been and, hitting the bottles just a little bit. And I have my Mountain uh, Dew, which you can't see there. There, Mountain Dew. There, my Mountain Dew. And Vanessa's dog, Figaro, may be joining us as a special guest to the podcast. But uh, so we wanted sorry. to talk Enchanted in particular because we did just get a chance, a, a wonderful opportunity to discuss uh, Kevin Lima's film career with him. And it was just such a fun interview. Really encourage you to go back and listen to that. You can find that on all of our social media pages. You can also find it on NPR Illinois or in any podcast feed uh, of your choice. But it was fun to... I wanted, like, it was so gracious of him to give us an hour of his time, but I could have talked to him for days. Like, it's so cool to be able to go back and see some of his films, and you could really dissect each of those. And so we had not uh, talk, uh, talked Enchanted yet on the podcast, and it just seemed like a good fit to That's, go in and, and talk about and now I have his, a bazillion questions for him. So Kevin, yeah, right, me well, too. please come back. Please come back. Yeah, like what's <laughs> Phil Collins' direct phone number? <laughs> <laughs> That's my first question. Maybe Amy Adams for me. Uh, yes. You know, so oh, there you go. Amy Adams. But let's, let's get into it, guys, and talk uh, a bit about Enchanted and uh, – Talk to me about sort of your first impressions or uh, the, maybe the, the time that you watched it recently and what your first thoughts were on Enchanted. And I'll go to Brett first. Oh, well, I was looking forward to this movie. I remember, I remember it so distinctly when I went to see it at the theater. I, I was so looking forward to it. And then when I was in the theater before it started, I was getting a little anxious because I'm thinking what are they going to do? I mean, are they going to pay homage to all of the Disney princesses and all of that? Or are they going to make fun of it? Is it going to be kind of really sarcastic and nasty? But when I first saw the animated portion and the comedy was so wonderful and the choices were so specific and winks and nudges and all the wonderful shout outs to Disney stories even in the animated part, I'm like going, I don't have to worry about this. I just sat back, relaxed, and had an amazing time. I was enchanted. <laughs> Vanessa, talk to me about your thoughts on Enchanted. Well, 
I don't remember the first the first time I saw it, um, but I remember seeing clips and maybe it was just maybe online. I saw clips of the musical numbers and thinking, wow, this is a lot of fun. Like, this is so great. Why have I never seen this? Um, going back and actually watching it, um, I liked it. I think it's a great film. Um, it's enjoyable. It's a satire. So I didn't quite connect to it as I have some of the other more earnest storylines. Not that there's not an earnestness in this film. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. And Pip is a great character. He might be my spirit animal. So there you go. I definitely agree with with both uh, with things that both of you are saying. Um, I do remember going and uh, seeing this film and, and just really thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, but this time that we I, I went and sat down and watched it again, it's fun to pick up on all the little things. You know, Brett actually provided us a list of all the nods to different Disney properties or different Disney ideals or films. And it's so cool to be able to like watch through that and see little things that pop up from here here and there. And just the um, the effort that was put into writing the script, but also uh, the direction and making sure that you get little nods and little glimpses of each of these different uh, Disney dumbs, you know, and, and seeing all of that. That was really a very cool thing. I also think it's a little bit ahead of its time when you think about the storyline, and, and maybe we can get into this a bit later, but you have uh, Giselle saving uh, Robert towards the end. And so you you get a bit of that, almost like um, how now Disney films try to make sure they focus on the prince princess not needing a prince or not needing the man to save them. And yes, you still do get true love's kiss in this uh, film, but at the same time, it still had a little bit of that edge. And it was kind of uh, advancing that a little bit even before the animated film started too. So just a, a lovely film and so much I want to talk about this film. But let's let's dive into, first of all, some of the uh, actors and uh, voice actors, because they're also playing animated versions of themselves in the same film, which is really fun. But I think that we have to start with Amy Adams and how she presents herself as a Disney princess. And Brett, when we were talking to Kevin, you had a, a specific question about this, or you mentioned specifically Amy Adams' portrayal in this film. So I thought I would start with you and allow you to talk about Amy Adams and how you feel she did as a Disney princess. Well, she starts off animated. Okay, we, don't, we know that. Um, and we need to talk about the style of the animation too, but maybe we can get to that. But when she was, when she came to the real world or our realm or whatever it would be called, it was so interesting to watch how she used her hands because they were very princess-like, you know, knowing a couple of uh, Disney princesses from Walt Disney World are good friends of mine, yes. Anyway, her friends of... Anyway, <laughs> she didn't mimic other princesses. She became her own princess. But it was, so spe- it was such a specific choice that, I, again, I knew that she... We were in for a treat and that she was going to be amazing. And and her journey, the story from Andalusia time, you know, Andalusia, mm-hmm. anyway, and uh, <laughs> I'm delusional. But anyway, Andalusia uh, to her time in New York City and her character arc. We're getting a little bit ahead, but 
her her choices as as being a princess and no and that coming from that world into our world was just amazing. Dare I say enchanted? Anyway, sorry, I'm going to be saying that an awful lot, but I love this film. I love this film. Okay. I, we need to go on to someone else. So <laughs> well, I could she, talk about she, this all day. I love this film. I love this. Film. She brought so much to the the role and you can tell that it was, I mean, she's really putting herself in there uh, 110% uh, all the way through. And what's cool about this is that this was really one of her first true lead roles. And we know Amy Adams now as the person that has been uh, horribly, um, just shut out of the Oscars when she deserves so many Oscars. She's such a great actress. It's, it's criminal that she hasn't won an Oscar yet. It'll happen. Absolutely. It will. Uh, it will happen, but, but she does such a great job. I, I'm thinking about her acting in films like arrival uh, in Charlie Wilson's war. I mean, like these are great acting pieces. And in this, she doesn't get to do that serious acting. She has to show herself as uh, a princess and as bubbly, as extremely excited all the time. And she does that great too. So it's not like she can only do one or only do the other. She shows how versatile she is. And uh, she In really this does role. command it's a this lead. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, when we get to the favorite scenes, I will tell you that. But I love watching actors think. You can tell that she has made so many very specific choices and it gives her such a wonderful arc from a two-dimensional character, kind of, to a person who is, you know, a real person who has the real feelings that maybe they didn't have when they were living in her animated world. So just yeah. amazing. Go ahead. Now, I never, I never know who fact-checks uh, the IMDb trivia. So, uh, Kevin, if you're listening to this, please message us and let us know if this is real but he spoke about in our interview with him that he really wanted someone younger and not established to be able to make this their role that they can then use to kind of uh continue on with their career and so when you're reading things like on imdb trivia it says that the studio wanted jennifer aniston and that she was just too expensive um i can tell you i i don't know how that i don't know if that translates as well uh because I don't know that I see, she's also a fantastic actress. Um, I don't know if I could see the same performance from her uh, that, I, that we got out of Amy Adams. And Amy Adams is just a special actress all around. Mm -hmm. Vanessa, we've been hogging the show on Amy yeah, here. So have. please yeah. give us your thoughts. I'll never be the, Amy. <laughs> let, the two, let the two men in the, in the um, boxes here, give it over to the woman finally oh to God, speak about the... Is this what you guys feel like when I'm talking about Phil Collins all the time? Or what? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm like going, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, we have a lot of love for the people that were involved in this show. Sure, sure. Well, hey, I, I thought Amy Adams was wonderful. Um, you know, I, I like, uh, Craig, that you said that you went back and kind of watch things differently and and first of all i went back i made my mom watch it with me so the whole time i could be like you know kevin lima said this about this scene and oh by the way did you know kevin lima said this about this thing oh and by the way kevin lima said amy adams changed throughout the whole did you watch her hands watch her so yeah so i i watched it too but mainly for bragging reasons but um i you do notice that she does change and, and her acting is so good and i i think it's interesting that i think when this movie came out, she was 32. 
because I think she's 45 now. And it's like, wow. does that woman age? She looks no. She looks incredibly young in the film, and I'm like, she's she's my age? I could never pull off that role. I'll never be Amy. So anyway, but yeah, she's just incredible, and I think she's a credible actress, and um, I can't see anyone else in that role, really. I, I can't think of another actress that should play that part. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and Vanessa, just so you know, Amy is our second favorite redhead. So Am I a redhead? Uh, Who's your first? You, aren't you a redhead? I'm a, I don't know. I mean, Ish, it, depends, right? it depends on what my hairdresser you have like a strawberry, is deciding. You have like a strawberry blonde hue to your... Hey, to your, I'm uh, the strawberry blonde here, okay? You know? So Brett's right, our sorry. favorite redhead. <laughs> no, well, I was actually blonde. setting... I, I was blonde. setting it up. I was setting up the joke to say my favorite redhead is Karen Gillian, but, you know, you didn't uh, You didn't take the I'm, there. So. I'm, well, you know. You, you, you led me coming. down a path. Okay, okay, fair enough. We've been around each other too long. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and, and move right along. A um, couple of different directions we can go here, but let's go ahead and talk about the lead male performance in uh, McDreamy. Was he McDreamy or was he McDreamy? Yes, he, no, no, Mick, he is dreamy. McDreamy. But can so I tell was, you this... real quick, when I watched this with my mom and I was telling her these things about, you know, oh, you know, I, I asked him about, you know, we asked him about Amy Adams, we asked him about Phil Collins, and she goes, well, did you ask him about Patrick Dempsey? And I was like, oh, no, she's like, Vanessa, <laughs> missed opportunity, and I'm like, 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 what would I say? What, what's his phone number? I mean, I think his, his ex-wife is, is from central Illinois, yes. and so, like, we have, we're only, like, a we couple a degrees of separation from Patrick Dempsey already, yes. so... Anyway, but, uh, you know, we are longtime viewers of Grey's Anatomy, so we, we love okay. him no matter what. And, you know, I, I know that this was, like, this really was filmed during the height of that, because I remember um, even, uh, like, Anna doesn't do much TV, but she, uh, I bought her the DVD box set of the first season of Grey's Anatomy when she was at college, probably around the same time that Enchanted was coming out, so... Um, probably around that 2006, 2007 timeframe. So it just, it, so he does, in my mind, uh, a, a wonderful job of playing the straight man to Giselle's um, just over the top nature, overly bubbly. He's the, you know, the divorce lawyer who's supposed to be the grounded guy and, and trying to be a, a single dad for his daughter and um, just everything that comes along with that. And, and, the way the story develops, you know, uh, we're going to talk about Idina Menzel's character in a little bit, but the way that the story develops, it's, it's very obvious that, of course, these two are going to end up together. Uh, and of course, it's true love's kiss. So spoiler warning, I guess, if you, if you had not went back and saw this movie yet. Um, but Vanessa, since, since uh, he is your man, I will let you take it away from here. Well, I mean what can I say? He's, he's McDreamy and, um, will always be. So, I mean, I don't know. He, he's just has, uh, is he good looking? Yes. But he also has a real sincerity about the way he acts. Um, you, you don't ever like, he could easily have played this as like huffy, like, Oh, she's so crazy. Oh, she's so nuts. And he doesn't, he, he has this really sweetness about his acting with, with, 
with Amy Adams in this movie. And, you know, he's very likable. I mean, he was not really the focus of the film, but I, I did enjoy his portrayal. And I don't really have anything bad to say about him. Also, because if he ever listens back to this, uh, I, I want this to be remembered. I have nothing bad to say about you, Patrick. So McDreamy, is that actually, was it a, so, like, was that a nickname from inside the show or was that like a nickname that developed over like social media? Like, cause I know social media was really young in 2005, 2006, 2007, that, but what, how did, how did it come about? I don't, I don't. So Meredith, so Meredith in Grey's Anatomy also, I think, yeah. Okay. I want to make sure. And I it's Mer- right. That's Meredith Gray, right? Meredith like, so it's, Gray. It's, it's her anatomy. No, no, it's her mom's anatomy. Grace, her mom is really famous. She's not yet famous in the beginning of this. Okay. And Grey's okay. Anatomy is actually a medical book. So, anyway. Right, right, I know that. Okay, just in case you didn't know. I mean, I use a lot of my medical knowledge when I go see the doctor based on what I've seen on that show. I'll be like, I think it's a subdural hematoma. Anyway, um, so, uh, so Meredith Grey obviously has the hots for him, and he is McDreamy. But and they the have lies. a love is, thing because he's incredibly like handsome. He's a doctor. No, because they have McDreamy. They have McSteamy. Right, but like, do they go get McNuggets uh, in between? Like, was it a was it a paid you know promotion? What? Anyway, sorry. Here's this a, is if going I had a chance to track. be with McDreamy and some McNuggets, that'd be the best day of my dang life. <laughs> Food and McDreamy. That's all I want Brett, in life. Brett, save us here. Talk to me about uh, McDreamy. He, he died in the first episode I saw. Sorry. No, I mean in this movie. <laughs> like, oh, in this film. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, we're back. We're talking about Enchanted now. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> like going. Okay. Well, I think. I mean, he's he's the everyman. He's also. I don't know if he's not necessarily the typical New Yorker who is jaded and that's not so much it. It's just that in his line of work, his experience is that love um, happens and it goes away and, and there's no, there are no happy endings. You have to work hard and he's very much a, a realist and in the way that he views the world and people and all this, but then he's open to this Giselle character that comes into his world and he talks about the world is tough. It's tough, and it, and it, and it, you have to struggle and all this. And then, she, and then Giselle says, "No, it's really you don't have to do that." And I'm like, going, it just sort of gives him a little glimpse into what life could be with Giselle. And again, spoiler alert, but it's a really it's a really good character arc for him too, going from this very stuffy lawyer who you know doesn't see the possibility for joy it's like life is hard and you have to struggle and all this but uh he turns or he turns around and i yeah and that was so much fun and he sings and he dances and he's he's you know mcdreamy right yeah so yeah Yeah. i'm loving it (laughs) he uh he it's constantly a poll for him right so uh, constantly he's trying to go back to, no, I, I need to be who I, I've established myself to be and, and not to change. Even uh, when he's uh, talking to the separated couple that are going to get back together because of what Giselle said about their love, right? Uh, and 
And so there he's, he's like, certainly you couldn't make this decision based off of just that chance encounter. And they're like, it wasn't a chance encounter. I love that. I love that yep. scene. I, I love that, that message. And then uh, also when he goes to the ball and uh, he knows that he knows that he's true love's kiss. Right. Um, but he doesn't want to necessarily do it uh, right away because he, he wasn't, you know, he's still on that edge. And so it's just a, I, I, I really enjoy uh, his portrayal throughout and, uh, now talking about some other characters in the movie, I think we should probably start with the other couple that ends up again, spoiler alert, together at the end of this. Um, but James Marsden and Idina Menzel talk about two powerhouse actors and actress, um, it, just great. Uh, and they do a lot in their supporting roles. And let's take on James Marsden first, because to me, he plays such a wonderfully cliche prince over the top um now i do kind of it's it's interesting because when did the princes become that when did like because going back and watching sleeping beauty and watching um snow white and and watching uh little mermaid with my son i don't read all the princes as being like over the top and dumb but certainly well, disney has disney has taken this and like I mean, very, he's like, very sincere, and uh-huh. and because he lives in this animated world, perhaps he hasn't had the life experiences to give him the depth that he would have okay. if he lived in the other world. You know, Fair I'm enough. like, well, and he's also the comic foil, and he's this sort of earnest vapidness. I don't know. <laughs> sort of, he's just kind of he's what every princess wants. There he is. There he is. I mean, to answer your question, Craig, I think when you look back, it it does seem very abrupt. These relationships and these fairy tale oh, movies, sure. like, mm-hmm. like, is it Prince Philip finds Sleeping Beauty just singing and dancing in the forest, and he's like, "That's my true love." Like, now if Lord I was love. singing and dancing in the forest, it'd probably lead to like a citation, but. <laughs> Or a psych test. (laughs) Or a psych test. But, um, yes. And then I I think, too, like, you know, wouldn't it be great if guys just came and saw us and were like, oh, we will be married in the morning. But, you know, so I love that they they did that, you know, satirical look uh, with this character. He's not a bad guy. He just, like Brett said, he just doesn't have that depth. Um, And that makes it all the more funny so and he doesn't speak chipmunk really well you know right (laughs) yeah and i I think he's having a ton of fun with this role too because you know this is a guy that uh is known for some some more serious acting roles he's actually in uh, mrs america right now the um the phyllis schlafly show that's on fx he's uh, kind of the really creepy congressman in that show um and then he, of course, I knew him first from his role in X-Men as Cyclops. As, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just, it's cool to see him in this completely different type of role. And I think he just goes over the top and, and he matches uh, Amy Adams' performance in a lot of ways uh, as far as just the bubbliness and the excitedness of being able to find his princess, right? So I, I thought he did well a, too. a lovely job, just yeah. a lovely job. Anything else on James, or should we move on to the Queen of Broadway? Ms. Well, Lee he's Lindsay. pretty McDreamy too. Sure, why not? You know, he is. He is he McDreamy is. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so is he well. in this? So 
So can there be two McDreamies or is he a McSteamy? No. In this? I don't. Uh, I think we have to, I think he's only one, you know, he's big Mac. I don't know. I think we need to get off of that. You know, the McDonald's references with another ABC. I'm I'm more curious to hear your guys' take on Idina Menzel. I will say, uh, I will say this. I, I appreciate her character in this. I, I do think that maybe um, it's written in a way that's a bit uh, more of a, of a throwaway character and that's nothing against the film it's i like that they they had to set up the foil right that that giselle is going to come in and they're going to fall in love and there's going to be this kind of like uh love triangle thing going on but then uh everything resolves itself and happily ever after and the prince ends up with idina's character and i keep saying idina's character because honestly her name is escaping me in this and i just watched nancy nancy uh, nancy and her last and, name Again, those Easter eggs. Tremaine. Is it, is it Tremaine? Tremaine as gonna, in the, she's going to be the stepmother. Stepmother. Okay, oh, I like wow. that. I like that. But, that but again, creds to Good creds job. to nice Giselle. Touch, creds to Giselle. Um, you know, she she knows her character. Now I know a number of stepmothers, and they're all very nice. You know that that's right. So, mm-hmm. That's right. You know, shout out but, to you know, the stepmothers out there. I uh, really, I, I do appreciate what she brings to this. Uh, I think it's really interesting. She was uh, interviewed about the time that this movie was coming out and they asked her why she decided to do this film. And one of the things that she's quoted as saying is that this was one of the first times she was asked to not sing in a film. And that that was really impressive to her because this is a musical. I mean, there's musical Ooh. numbers everywhere. You've got Idina Menzel. Uh, who's coming this is at the time that wicked is just blown up right i mean it it's huge and so you could you could easily put her into a number and sell a couple more tickets but they they decided not to that her character wasn't required for that so it just i, I think that that's interesting too um she's done a couple of other movies since then where she has basically just acted and and i i like idina menzel i she's one of she's one of my faves i mean elsa all the way Sorry, all you Anna fans. <laughs> so many connections to Frozen in this because even going back to um, uh, even going back to talking about James Marsden's Prince character, you you see that uh, you know that that whole idea of they're jumping into this relationship too quickly. That's again used in Frozen. I, I really think that the the Frozen just really took a lot of Enchanted and put they it into it. it off. Film. I know. I felt the same way when I watched it. I was like, huh. even the characters, huh. like even the actors, like Idina Menzel. Yeah. You know, and did you notice actor. there is a shot in the film where you can see the wicked bill billboard? Yep. And I was like, sure oh, can. so meta. Oh my gosh, that is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey. <laughs> Love that. That's she so would have cool. still been Alphaba, right? Or, or had she had ended? I guess that was probably 2003 when she was Alphaba. So it probably would have been a little bit after. When she had uh, had retired from Alphabet. But Alphabet. still, I mean, no one thinks about Wicked and without thinking of Idina Menzel. Unless you're yeah, John Travolta. Then you have no clue what's going on. <laughs> very true. Yes. But I agree with you. I, th- I think she did a solid job. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think we were meant to really connect with her that much. Because um, the focus is not really on her relation. You know what's really funny is it kind of reminds me of... Um, in the office, if you guys watch the office, when Jim starts dating Karen, 
but everybody wants Jim to date Pam. So it's like, she's not a bad character, but you kind of hate her, but you feel bad for hating her character. She's done nothing wrong. She's just with the wrong person. So, um, but she does a good job at that and no complaints here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brett, any thoughts? I like her uh, when she receives the flowers. I love that scene. And I like when she is talking to uh, Prince Edward. Yeah. When Prince Edward says, I love her. She is my true love. And when she says, you say that without any sense of irony, you know, I just like the, her lines, her line readings for those sort of things. So I like that. And yeah, you know, she was impacted by that. You could tell because you know, that setup where, fun. where uh, she was just introduced in a kind of half-hearted way by Robert. You know? Yeah. So, it was good. You could, this you is could who that. I am. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. Yeah. Go ahead. It's really so great, isn't it? Um, <sighs> and, you know, it, it's, it's tied together by this massive Maleficent type villain. We get Susan Sarandon, right? So, and actually really interesting, uh, totally random, but I, we were watching this today and Anna goes, her makeup kind of makes her look like Tim Curry as Frankenfurter. And I was like, maybe, maybe <laughs> that was done slightly, you know, as a little bit of a nod to Rocky. And Horror, homage, but, uh, homage. But uh, yeah, no, it, uh, Susan Sarandon in this. Um, she's she's creepy throughout. She's uh, villainous throughout. Uh, I think towards the end of the film, uh, it does the conclusion. The climax happens very quickly, right? I mean, it, she doesn't get a ton of screen time, but the time that she does, and even like when the animated character is like creeping through the water jug and stuff like that. I still love it. I love uh, Susan Sarandon's performance. Well, she's this, just evil in this. I mean, okay, you know, she doesn't want she doesn't want uh, Giselle to be with Prince Edward. Yeah, I had to look at that again. Sorry, Prince Edward because it's, it'll ruin her kingdom and all of this. And I'm like, going, she doesn't want her to be happy with with Robert either. Sorry. I'm a generalist. I don't like names. Anyway, uh, she has a problem with her being happy in New York. So what is her problem? I'm like going, you know, other than, oh, and the other thing, note to Disney villains, never go up because you're coming down and it's not going to be pretty, you know. We have to take this tale to new heights. Ah! That's what she uh, says. I was like, oh, yeah. that's so good. Uh, not yeah. new heights. Never, Vanessa. It's not going to be good. If they said that on the Jungle Cruise, Vanessa, you'd be cracking up right now. So be real with that's, me here. That's the Jungle Cruise, okay? <laughs> that's that's I I I don't want to jump ahead too much, but the dialogue at the end was I I'm assuming it's because it was for satirical reasons, but it, it was a little tough to swallow. So you know, <laughs> it was a I, lot of I, puns right after each other. Right, I was like. Okay. Okay. All right. There's go there. One. All right. Just okay. go there. You know, it's all good. Yes. The backside of anyway, sorry. Yeah. You, you didn't know that the queen was also a dad, huh? With all those dad jokes dropping. So <laughs> now before we go on to uh, favorite scenes and things like that and talk about the wonderful choreography and, and the wonderful set pieces, <sighs> I, the, I wanted to mention this as a character. I was thinking about this today when I was, watching the film um one of my favorite characters in this film is new york city because the set Aww. piece is used in such a beautiful way i've only been to new york um i think i've been there twice i know what like okay 
I may have went when I was really little, but I know I did go uh, for sure uh, in high school and, and really enjoyed experiencing what New York had to offer. But, but this makes New York look so beautiful, so vibrant. Um, you get the, the wonderful scenes uh, in Central Park. You get to see Times Square. It's so smart to have the portal arrive at Times Square. You get to see Giselle and Edward walking across the Brooklyn Bridge at, at one point, and it just kind of shows off that city, and it's really cool, and actually, it's really interesting, because I know that um, uh, Kevin is from Pawtucket, uh, Rhode Island, and I'm wondering if, like, that East Coast, like, if maybe some of those, that's another question we could have asked, right, uh, if, if some of those memories uh, of visiting New York and those staples help feed into some of the location scouting that they did and making sure that the city is presented as almost like a living, breathing part of this movie. And I, I really appreciate that. I, I love New York City in this. It makes me want to go visit. So yes. sure. any thoughts on that? For sure. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I am right. So let's transition into talking about our favorite scenes. And of course, there's very, there's many more actresses and actors in there. Um, I think that uh, the daughter plays a great role as well. Uh, she hasn't done much. She actually was just in a uh, What Would You Do segment, which, by the way, is one of my favorite shows that used to be on television was uh, What Would You Do on ABC. Um, but yeah, it, just a lot of really good performances throughout. Wormtail is in this movie as well. Uh, he does a great job as, as sort Gosh, of the same that guy plays this, He does the same character. Hey, man, Sweeney Todd, if it works, Harry Potter. If it works, you keep catching oh, the variations on a theme. Let's be nice. So yeah, if but he you, does if it, it well. Works, you keep catching those checks. Yeah, he does. And so let's talk about some of our favorite scenes. And I want to start here and, and steal a bunch of the favorite scenes that everyone else wants to talk about, I'm sure. But uh, I love looking back and looking at the mixture of music and the mixture of choreography and the mixture of, again, New York City. Um, How Do You Know that she, lo- that she Loves You is like such a great song. And it's so beautiful. It's so uh, in your face. And the choreography in that is incredible. I absolutely love the staging. I love how it's filmed. Thank you, Kevin. I love this scene uh, because it is so great through and through uh, and it, it just perks you right up, right? And that's what's really interesting about the music for this uh, movie. This is a bit of trivia that I'm not sure if, if you two know, uh, but if this, this movie was nominated for three Academy Awards, uh, do you know what those three were? Best soundtrack. Okay. So there are um, musical so score. So that would be score. Score. Uh, that's oh well. Best song. That's how you know. Or was it the that's other song? Know. Was it the other song? The so so close. It's a bit of it's a so bit close? of a trick. Que- it's a bit of a trick question. Oh really? You're being clever. I am being clever. In two thousand at the two thousand eight Oscars, this received three nominations. And they were three song nominations. The category for best song was three enchanted songs. Mm. Oh, uh, falling sneaky. slowly, falling slowly by one and, and from once, which went on to win. And then there was one other song that I am failing at remembering right now. But could you imagine that? Like talk about domination of like just a showing that Stephen Schwartz and Alan Menken are just 
they are legends masters of their craft. Of their craft. Yes, just masters. so good. And Gosh. so it's like having that music on top of great choreography, on top of a great set piece. It's one of those that it actually reminds me a lot of the scene in 500 Days of Summer. It's very similar. It's very bright. It's very uh, over the top. And I absolutely love it. Like, just great. So that's my scene uh, that I wanted to talk about for sure. But I'll, I'll go ahead and go on to uh, Vanessa. You want to talk about one of your, some of your favorite scenes? Sure. Well, I really like the opening animated scene. Um, and mostly because um, you, you don't really understand. If you haven't seen the film and haven't seen any previews, with like my mom hadn't, you know, it. You're you're not sure what you're. You're like, is this is this a Disney movie? Like, what is this? And then you can kind of tell. Um, I think when you hear Pip the chipmunk, um, or here we call them ground squirrels, and you can start to hear him talk. And he's got kind of this New York accent. He's like, all right, fellas, all right, we gotta hurry up, hurry up before she this leaves a cranium. And just the whole his whole delivery and the way he's talking and the words he's saying you can just tell okay something's not right here this isn't really a true this is going to be an animated feature it's just not and you know something's off so i really liked that and and i my mom kept leaning over to me going is this is this animated is this whole thing going to be animated is it and i'm like just just watch it just watch it but you know i really like the opening scene and it's it's so funny it's very reminiscent of snow white with all the animals coming in and helping. And it's just, I find it really adorable. And I really think it, it sets the tone for the film and it makes it fun and lighthearted and it's just really enjoyable. Absolutely. And it's such a nice transition from uh, going from that animated world into the real world. And especially because it's at night and you see like the neon signs and you see Times Square all lit up. Again, I'm in love with New York City in this film. But the animation style, Brett, you wanted to talk a bit about the animation style earlier. Oh, so yeah, well, uh, it's... why don't we why don't we circle back to that? You think I'm not listening, Brett? But I am. I'm I'm always listening. You you care. You care. I do. Well, I, I think do what's interesting in the animation style that it pays homage to the other princess films and their look, but it but again it establishes its own look because of the art nouveau uh themes and uh which are gorgeous and then those themes are carried out in the animated world the art nouveau is everywhere and it's so cool to watch uh, all of those choices and how it creates this animated world in this extremely gorgeous style i enjoyed that so much so there it is shout out to old school hand-drawn animation <laughs> so it was good. It was so good. Yeah, and and uh, we know that um, that particularly Kevin and his wife Brenda, they both enjoy uh, 2D animation, and of course, this is kind of in that transition period, right? So, Princess and the Frog would have been after this as well, and that was still a 2D uh, drawn animated film. But Pixar certainly was picking up. I mean, this is after Finding Nemo, uh, and so you've, and this is after The Incredibles. So you are having this kind of transition piece from 2D into 3D. So the decision to make it in 2D, I think, is really interesting, too. Um, well, it, it, makes, it makes sense because it's referencing the, the film. classic style. You know, yeah. yeah. So the primary animation style in film at the, at the time was digital still. So 
Yeah. Yep. What scene do you want to talk about, Brett? Me? Well, my favorite scene, I have like three, but my favorite scene is when Giselle experiences anger for the first time. And if you just kind of look at it, it's face value. Giselle's like kind of crazy there. You know, I'm like going, she's giggling because she's mad. But what the thing is, is she is experiencing a whole new emotion for the first time ever. And that sort of tickles her because that shows her growth as a person or as a character in that. And it, it's incremental. It, the choices are so interesting. And again, it's that idea of you're seeing her thinking, not thinking about I'm acting about this. She's just thinking about what she's, what she's feeling and what she's saying. And I love that. I love that scene. I, I could watch that a, a lot. And it's and, so crazy because Olaf in Frozen 2 also experiences anger for the first time. So I think here we go again. <laughs> Frozen is a total ripoff of Enchanted. Oh, no, We've no, really no. discovered something here tonight, fellas. we got to write we a dissertation gonna, on this. A dissertation. Get, so, Kevin, when the royalty checks start coming in for Frozen... <laughs> You need to remember your friends at yeah. uh, Beyond. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Oh, the other scene, the other scene. The second scene that I really enjoy is when Giselle has cleaned up everything with all of her friends and then takes a shower for the first time. And then that's when Nancy comes in and all of that. But but when uh, it's slightly what, provocative. You don't, you don't have birds helping you with your town? <laughs> I like going... No, I don't. No, I'm like going, that was just I, so funny and slightly provocative, but it's a great scene. And then, but she plays it entirely innocently. And she's asking about, you know, the shower that it's magical. Where does the water come from and all that? I'm just like going, I love, I just love that. I just love it. See, and it's is, so, yeah. it's saucy. And then, this is why know. I can never be a Disney princess. Cause I don't have birds helping me with my <laughs> towel. I'm from the woods. So all I got is like a possum and a badger. Just following possum me around. Badger. Hey, so, well, you know. <laughs> well, that comes right on the heels. I don't right want to know heels. about the badger and the possum, but you know. <laughs> that comes right on the heels of Happy Little Working Song. And that's another one of those yeah. songs that just, oh. like, it's so... It's so Disney and like, it's very Snow White. Let's gather up all the but, rats in New York City. But and, it's an, uh, and bugs. I know, but, uh-huh. but she just kind of, you know, she sings and she's used to her animal friends coming. And then she just kind of looks at the, you know, the vermin and the, and you know, the, the rats and the, and the cockroaches and the, the pigeons. And she just kind of go, looks at all of them. Well, that isn't what I expected, but we can still do it. You know, so I'm just like going, Sit up. so cute, you know, that's, that's right. just so cute. So, and that dress uh, rig that she had, the, the dress that she had mm-hmm. to kind of like put herself in. So it would spin around and all that. Um, I, I did read that that was somewhere in the area of like 45 to 60 pounds or something like that. So wow. she's oh, wow. not a, she is not a, a large lady by any means. So she's like, she's like hefting up that, that dress for a long time. And actually um, there's a bit in the making of Enchanted where they interview her about it. And of course, like she had to be strapped in that thing for a couple of hours at a time. So it's just, uh, just a really, you can tell again, like the, the weight of carrying a movie on your shoulders, but also, um having like the physical demanding parts of this uh it's just really great how how well 
uh, Amy adapted to all of that. <sighs> Any other scenes that we wanted to mention before we start to kind of move along from there? I know, Brett, you said oh. you had three. Well, yeah, the the ballroom scene, you know. Of course, yeah. I'm like oh, going, yeah. you know, a waltz in oh, yeah. eight time in six eight time is so cool. A waltz in three four, eh, okay, yeah, but in six eight. And there's so much that goes on in that scene. I'm so happy that it was custom of the ball to ask someone you did not come with. Oh, thank goodness, you know, because they would have, we would have never known that they both really need to be together. So good. (laughs) It's so so good good that that is, that is the custom of the ball. So yeah, thank goodness. Um, you know, so but now let's start to transition and talk a little bit about, um, if there's anything in this film that didn't necessarily work for you. Uh, and I was joking with these guys earlier that uh, they, there has been an enchanted sequel in the works for many, many years. And, and my thing that's not working for me is that Kevin's not involved in it. So uh, the Kevin, again, that's a, uh, that you need to, to be, I'd be a little bit of a sore spot, Kevin, if you're watching, we love you. And we, <laughs> we the, wanted enchanted to, to be, Everything it needs to be and successful. So, you know, maybe you'll but be invited is, to the premiere. There is a, uh, there is, it's interesting with Enchanted, right? That um, it makes quite a bit of money. Uh, it's at least according to Box Office Mojo has a budget of about 85 million. You know that marketing is maybe upwards of double that uh, or, you know, at least matching that. So let's say it's, it's made for 160 million with marketing. Um, it brings in 340 million worldwide. Like, so this is a, this is a good, you know, it's a good haul for Disney. Um, I think it's really interesting. And I wonder if part of the reason why Enchanted 2 has been on hold for basically a decade, kind of going, going around something that they still want to revisit is just the enormity of Amy Adams, right? Like, I think it would be a really kind of a hard sell to, I feel like maybe she would want to do it, but she yeah, she did an interview off. where she said that she'd be interested in doing it. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. and and that to me that that reads like what I would expect. Uh, but she again is still pursuing that Oscar, and she's still pursuing these like incredible roles that she has every single year coming back. Uh, and so. Who knows when Enchanted 2 will be made, but... Well, it's about the story. Sometimes, you know, as much as we love the sequels, I'm like going, sometimes you just need, you know, a one-off is pretty good because if you have perfection, it's hard. You have to do a three then because then three is... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure it was about uh, the story, about the timing and about getting everyone together. And it's a big package to put a movie together as a, as someone who watches movies, my only guess would be it's hard to do those things. So it it does seem like it's hard to get those moving pictures up on my screen. So (laughs) Um, Vanessa, I feel like maybe you're having a, a, not as pun of a time with us tonight. Uh, (laughs) I just, is that, so I've, it's just when she says something like, I don't remember the line exactly, but Susan Sarandon's character says something like, 
oh, like the prince is in distress. This is a turn of events. Like, and I was just kind of like, oh, gosh, don't say it. Just, just do it. You don't have to say what it is is happening. And that was my only thing. And then, then it became the series of the puns, which kind of, again, it's probably, it's just for the, for the satire. So it's oh. fine. You know, but, she's by that point, she is an, an evil dragon lady, literally, yeah. and sort of takes the edge off of the scary. It just maybe felt, not for the kids, but maybe yeah. for the kids. You know, it just like, felt very to me like, uh, if we could only bring in a Carrie Fisher to fix this dialogue, <laughs> like Carrie Fisher's probably rolling around in their grave right now hearing this dialogue. But again, it's probably for the satire and it works and it's fine. Everything's it's, fine. <laughs> I love this That's film all. and there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing. It's perfection there. It doesn't it take away so, from the fact really that it's a very, very, very good film and very, very enjoyable. You just ask that question all the time, Craig. And you know, sometimes thing is just fine. Everything is just <laughs> fine. It is a really great movie. It's, it's one of those, it's just like a uplifting you get to just sit back and just enjoy right so it's yes it's well, I'm really happy especially when in our in our times stuff. in our times presently watching something that is full of joy and positivity is a good thing that's how you know mm-hmm. that's, how, that's you know. how you know also you know when your mom likes it and my mom did oh your mom liked it oh she cool. did yeah, she's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought to pick that out. She goes, but I really liked that film. I was like, well, did I mention I interviewed the director? <laughs> now she interviewed the director. I, I, know, honestly, I, know, I probably hardly said anything. I was just going, <laughs> just smiling and grinning like oh an idiot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, that was, I have that my, was such uh, an amazing time. And I'm like going, watching this film again, having – spoken with him i'm getting residual chills again because i'm like going we talked to the person who created this and it is amazing it is i mean he he was the director of this gorgeous gorgeous wonderful film ah so i'm still in awe yeah it's really really cool please please go back and listen to that episode because it was he's so delightful and it was just the best time and, and i really think and anyone who listens to that will, will enjoy it. Yeah. And then For you sure. can watch all of the films again and just go, you know, we know people who have talked. You can make uh, you can make fun of me for, uh, this is a behind the podcast moment, but when you're about to record a, an important interview, don't decide that that's the time to figure out a new room in your house to record from. So that is why I feel I sound so echoey in that. So I my apologies in advance oh. uh, when you go to back to listen to that. But, but you know, thank you uh, so much again to Kevin uh, for allowing that opportunity. And it, it really kind of sparked. That was the reason why we, we decided to dive into Enchanted. And this just, it's like the, the hits just keep on coming. It's just so great because uh, you, we got to talk to him earlier uh, in the past month. And now, um, now we get to uh, watch some great movies along the way as well. So uh, just wonderful stuff and definitely keep up with him uh, and continue to, to watch what he's doing because a lot of things in development, as he talked about uh, at the yes, end of he our was interview kind of scooping. Well. He said, yeah, this has been announced. And then, but yeah, his, his film about uh, the Midas touch. 
with using wow. animation, all that. Oh, it was just amazing. The cartoon so, touch, yeah. Yeah. So what was it? So what was his? Um, what is he was new to Twitter? Was it? So yes, his, he's new to Twitter. So it's uh, Goofy Movie Dir D I R uh, is his uh, is his Twitter handle, and so uh, he's really responsive on that too. And he's actually um, putting up. And I want to make sure I get it right. So you guys uh, stall for me here for just a second. Well, um, he's also going to have something on Netflix. And uh, he didn't say what it was, but he said that they were working on a, I thought it was a series or a special. So that'll be really so cool as well. I found it. I found it. So one of the things that he uh, actually talked about is that when a studio was purchased, they lost a film essentially uh, because they, in the transition, um, they had this beautifully done uh, film called Monkeys of Mumbai. And uh, it was just kind of lost in the aftermath of some studio combinations and things like that. And so what he's doing is he's going through on his Twitter feed. Actually, he just posted one of the pictures, just uh, beautiful, beautiful animation and stuff like that. So you can, you can go back and, and kind of follow that too. And he's, he's been posting a lot of still images from that movie. Uh, and they're just gorgeous. Brett, you need, to, you need to make sure. I don't even know if you're on Twitter or not, Brett. But if you're not, I am. you should jump on and make sure you're, you're following that too. So yes. um, again, just thank you so much uh, for that interview. And thank you for, for listening in with us too. Any final thoughts from any of you about Enchanted? You know, I think Brett said it best when he said that that this was a movie that made you feel really good and it kind of made you forget about your worries and your troubles. And that's how I felt watching it. And that's how I feel talking about it now. It's just been delightful to think about it again. And, um, you know, just bravo. Well done job on this film. Hakuna Matata, indeed, for sure. we are mixing our disney metaphors like you wouldn't believe you know she said she said no worries oh okay well well okay yes it's all good we 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 talk all things disney so everything that is under the corporate umbrella too because we talked about abc properties and everything else so we're allowed to talk about x-men i talked about x-men and james marsden and they (laughs) are finally coming home to uh marvel and to disney so that's good too yeah. So we can talk about it all, guys. We we are multifaceted here. It was nice <laughs> it that all. we started this podcast uh, after Disney has basically taken over the world. So, um, but it was any what, final thoughts for you, Brett? If you hadn't heard, I love this film immensely, and it was so much fun to watch it again. I watched it a couple of times this week, and I just had a smile on my face. And uh, knowing wink to to Kevin for creating. Such an amazing film on so many levels. Yay. Thank you. Absolutely. So if you want to continue to follow along with us, you can find us on our social media pages, the Beyond the Mouse podcast page on Facebook. You can also uh, find us on NPR Illinois, and you can find us on any podcast feed of your choice. Make sure to go and give a rating and then also share it with a friend uh, and, and get them to start listening in on the fun as well. I have a lot of things planned in the near future, uh, a lot of really cool episodes that we have coming up, and just excited for what's ahead for us. I know one of those episodes, we're going to be bringing back on our good friend Brandon Davis, 
and we're going to tackle 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea because um, it is digitally remastered on Disney Plus, and it looks gorgeous. It is a gorgeous film on Disney Plus. So excited to talk about that in the relatively near future, uh, but then also lots of other plans that we have uh, to bring some additional episodes to all of you. And thank you again. Uh, you know, this is a, a really weird time but we're all making it through together and know that we'll all get through this and uh, be better for it on the other side, right? So, so thank you all. Uh, and for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we will see you real soon in the front row. Woo! I just love you. Oh, wow. Okay, we're singing and dancing on this. He sings too. I'm like going.